Welcome to another edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast brought to you by CNG Paving. I am Damon Dillman, joined by Bart Isley, and we are headed into the back nine of the high school football regular season here in Central Virginia. Week seven on the agenda this week, Bart, before we look ahead to a couple of really significant matchups in the Jefferson District, some really significant rivalry games in the JD this week, a couple of games that are always a lot of fun, but first... We're going to recap this sixth week of the season here locally, and we start with the Offensive Player of the Week, part of that big win for Albemarle out at Orange County. Amaje Parker, the quarterback, just a big night on the ground, big night all across the board, actually. I mean, this is a sophomore who's playing well beyond his years. I mean, it's not just how talented he is. It's the decision-making that he's, he's bringing to the table. The guy went 9 of 11 on passes, so he makes the most. That's not a lot of passes to throw. He makes the most of them. 174 yards, and he spreads it to six different receivers. I mean, they've got they got a great receiving core, but he's just throwing to who's open. I mean, it's so clear what a mastery of the offense he has, because that doesn't happen unless you know exactly where you want to go with it based on what the defense is going. You know, you can't go out there and you don't want to force it to a guy or whatever. He just is finding who's open. He's taking what the defense gives him. And if he plays with that kind of maturity he, the rest of the way, Almar is just going to be really challenging to beat. Um, and he also picked up 117 yards on the ground, man. So that's, you know, close to 300 yards of total offense. Um He's just developing into maybe the next great one uh, around here, and and he's just playing awfully, awfully well. Uh, and he kept him ahead of the sticks. He, they just needed two third-down conversions in the first three quarters. They got both of them. Um, I mean, Amaje Parker's just getting the job done. He is playing excellent, excellent football right now as a quarterback, and that's a quarterback-driven system, I feel like, over there most of the time, and, and they're really getting it done. And, I mean, no – you know, I, I don't know. It, it just – it looks to me a lot like when Jalil Mosley took over at, at Monticello or Kent Henry took over at Western, a young guy taking over and just doing some real damage early. And I think that's exciting. And as you know, we always try and find a way to mention Kent Henry in the podcast. if we possibly <laughs> could. So. Kent Henry, the legend lives on <laughs> any other, uh, any other offensive standouts from week six that you want to give a nod to here quickly. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, they, they lost, but Fork Union, it seems like, found a little bit of their uh, mojo. Uh, they, they played much better, you know, uh, than they have in some of their tougher games so far. 27-26 uh, to 26 lost to Norfolk Academy, and Kira Meyer threw two touchdowns, um, 109 yards, no picks. Uh, that's a pretty good step in the right direction for them, but they got some really tough games coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they – kind of get going, but they've got some of the weapons happening in the passing game and Julius. And I, I think they're finally starting to maybe find what they need on offense to keep up with what I think, I think it's largely a pretty good defense. So um, Kira Minor, a pretty good week. Um, and Dakota Howell, three rushing touchdowns for Western. Um, when Western gives it to the fullback, whether it's Keaton or whether it's Howell, uh, they are really, really tough. I mean, it's just, it gets on you real quick. They're guys that don't go down easily. And Dakota Howell, he was just, you know, we saw it in uh, top plays, man. He's just busting over people, um, knocking folks down. So he he's just a really, really challenging football player to take down. Really tough guy. Um, and three rushing touchdowns for Western, another another potential player of the week. Yeah, you mentioned top plays. Another one of the guys we saw in those top plays, C.J. Tolls uh, from Goochland. The rest of the J.D. is getting a nice introduction to C.J. Tolls. Luvana got one last week. I know he is your defensive player of the week from week six. Yeah, the pick six, man, it's huge. I mean, number one, they're, 
yeah, there wasn't a lot of great defense being played across the area beyond maybe an Albemarle that played really well against Orange. Um, Western played pretty well against Wilson Memorial, but you know, we didn't have, that was a tough, a tough week last week with a lot of teams off. Um, you know, you had a Louisa defense off. So um, tolls, it was good to see Goochland kind of bounce back from the Western game and the pick six was really cool. Kind of tipped it up, kind of moved it, but he had three total touchdowns on the night. So he could have gone either way on this one. Um, but a, a excellent defensive back, a guy who is just completely locked down. He makes that Goochland defense really, really tough to pass on. Um, and you've got to go to the ground. You've got to be able to run the ball against that Goochland defense, I think. Um, and that's not an easy task by any stretch of the imagination either. So uh, Toll's just he's top notch, one of the best defenders in the area. Any other defensive standouts from last week? Like you said, uh, it was kind of a slim pickings week defensively. Yeah, I think so. But Dominic Julius, we'll count. Let's count special teams as defense for, right <laughs> for these purposes. Uh, but a kick return for a touchdown. He also caught a long pass for a touchdown. So you know, a pretty good performance all around from some of Fourth Union's playmakers. And like I said earlier with Meyer, uh, they've got to get that going because their schedule is about to pick up, about to get a lot tougher. And then that brings us to the CNG Paving Road Grader of the Week. And for that award this week, we're going back out to that Albemarle Orange game and and another key contributor to the Patriots' big win offensively. Yeah, man. Almar left tackle Dalton Tate, man. It, it is tough to describe how, how good this guy is. I mean, you, you've got to be able to do a lot of things really well to play offensive line for Almar. I mean, one, you know, they've got one of the sort of most dynamic athletes at quarterback uh, in the area. Amaje, Landon Wilson, those are the kind of guys that you would put in that category that can get it done on the ground um, and through the air and, and effectively can kind of take over games in that capacity. Um, and so you've got to be able to block well, because some of the offense is going to be improvisational. Um, you've got to be willing to react. You've got to be, you kind of on it. And Dalton Tate kind of brings that to the table. He is, has excellent footwork. Um, there's a big reason why the Patriots run game did not miss a beat without Ed McCarthy in the lineup. And there's no question Parker, and Noah Grievous are really talented runners in their own right, but Dalton Tate clearing the way helps things. I mean, like if you can run over the left side and you've got Tate and then maybe Caleb Bertram, who's an awfully good blocker at tight end, you got those guys who are double teaming at the second level, like you're going to get a lot of yards at that point. Um, I mean, without being touched. Um, so it's just a really impressive Dalton Tate just does a really nice job of either locking down the backside so that Parker has time to throw or, you know, he's can clear the way when it comes to the run game, a really versatile lineman, a really special guy. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's fun to see guys develop over the years because Tate's been doing it for a little while and it's clear he's gotten better each year. Um, and that's a pretty good offensive line overall uh, at Albemarle. And, and Tate's a big reason why he kind of anchors them and kind of keeps them moving along. And I, it, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. We're going to talk about it in a second, but it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens this week. Yeah, before we turn our attention to week seven, <clears throat> we'd like to thank the SP Podcast's presenting sponsor, C&G Paving. If you want your paving or asphalt job done right the first time, you want C&G to knock it out. With 30 years of experience under owner Jeff Gray, this family-owned local business has been taking care of roads, parking lots, and driveways across central Virginia for decades. And with a five-star rating on Facebook, you know they're going to get it right. Give them a call at 540-456-6179 for a free estimate. And with that 
out of the way, done talking about week six, it's time to turn our attention to these big rivalry games on the schedule coming up this week. And Bart, let's start with that Western at Albemarle game you alluded to there earlier. Obviously, this is one of those backyard rivalry games. It's always a lot of fun, but the stakes are even higher this year with two teams playing some really good football, especially in the district, two teams that yet to lose in the district. Yeah, honestly, the number one thing to note for both these teams is that the defenses are fantastic. I mean, they just, they're really, really good defenses. You know, they're, they're different stylistically, um, but they get a lot of the same results. Uh, Western sort of plays you straight up. Almar likes to attack a little bit more. Uh, they do some different things, but like some of the reason that they can do that, that, that Almar can do that attacking is because they're secondary. Their back end is just fantastic. A lot of the strength for Western is right there in that front seven. Um, I mean, there's, there's nowhere to run against Carson 2J. Um, there's very little place to run on the other side. There's, there's just not a lot. I mean, there is, they just play really, really solid defense. And then Almar does the same thing. I think that's the number one thing. So, if you took the offenses out of this, I don't know, maybe if you leave the offenses in this, it could be like a negative seven to negative three type game. I mean, that's, it, it just, it doesn't, it has a feel that it's going to be that defensive struggle. So usually when it has that feel, when it's, when I've got that in my gut, that means we're looking at like a 45, 41 slugfest. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, this thing could go either way because there's dynamic guys all over the field and we've seen explosive offensive stuff from both teams in addition to these really good defenses so I think it would be I think it's gonna be a lot of fun just to see how this plays out because I just don't really have any idea how how it's gonna go and I mean you you've got Parker you've got it you, you hope that they're getting Ed McCarthy back maybe um if not you got Noah Grievous uh and Noah Grievous is gonna be out there anyway as a wide receiver Jake King Tavion Wilson had a huge week last week um there's just dynamic offensive players all over the place for Albar and Western has shown that even against a Goochland team that prides itself on being able to stop the run, that they can impose their will down the stretch and get it done. So whether it's going to be Caden Morrow or Keaton or, you know, Dakota Howell, like, I mean, it could be any of those guys, you know, a lot of times in games like this, the guy that you haven't thought about uh, steps up. And so maybe that's, maybe this is Nathan Simon's time to take, you know, step up and, and play, you know, take his game to another level because it's been awfully good already. I don't, I mean, it's just two really good teams going <laughs> at it. It's good on good. It's really, it's the kind of thing you want to see in high school football. Yeah. And then the other, uh, I guess you could call it the other co-main event this week. Louisa <laughs> did not play last Friday. Orange County coming off that loss to Albemarle. Obviously this is always a big one in the Jefferson district. The stakes are even higher this year for the first time. Granny's old skillet will be on the line when the Hornets visit the jungle. Yeah, let's give it up for George Stanley finding a, <laughs> out at Louisa County, finding a, a different moniker for what's traditionally been the Battle of the Gordonsville Tasty Freeze, uh, at least the last couple of decades. Um, and now no longer, rest in peace, the Gordonsville Tasty Freeze no longer out there. Um, Fun, but not forgotten. Yeah, definitely not forgotten. And I just want to read real quick uh, – the. It, Coach Stanley's uh, piece, what better way to remember this annual rivalry between neighboring counties than to battle for a good old cast iron skillet? The winner takes and keeps the skillet until next year. So traveling trophy, which I'm always a fan of. And then he adds, who doesn't like a good meal fresh from a cast iron skillet, just like Granny used to make. I'm not sure if Lodge Cast Iron is sponsoring this game, but they couldn't have gotten <laughs> a better ad read from 
uh, Stanley than they got. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It, this one's always a blast. You're always going to see them kind of take things up a notch. Um, and Louisa versus Orange is a great game, and it's exciting not just this year because it's those two schools, but because you get the uniqueness of Paul Poirier and Landon Wilson going at it at quarterback, uh, you get a chance to see. Obviously, they kind of laid an egg last week. Orange did uh, didn't get the kind of performance that they wanted against Almar, but you got to think that they're going to go back to the you know, retooling things a little bit, get fired up, and 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 head into the jungle uh, on a, a Louisa team that's had a couple of weeks to lay off and get ready. Um, and I, I think that that. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe that breaks Orange's way because they're coming in a little bit more fresh or maybe or, or they're coming in, uh, you know, a little more in rhythm and Louisa has to find that rhythm. I don't know. Um, I, I think that one could break either way, but I still feel really good about Louisa County's defense. We talked about Almar Western, but I think we have to be realistic that in, until they get knocked off, the best defense is Louisa County's. Um, and that's they're that good because the front seven is really good. The back end is good. Steven Dean is a guy that we just do not talk about enough. Uh, Linebacker for Louisa. He's the reigning Jefferson district defense player of the year for a reason. Um, And then the two guys he's got up in front of him, Quentin Spellman and Eli Brooks are as good a high school defensive ends as I've run across. Um, So I think that, you know, we may be like in an, in an urgency to find a different storyline. We've, maybe ignored the main storyline, which is that Louisa is still Louisa. And I think that it, maybe we find that out this week when they run up against an orange team. That's one of the better teams they played against this year. A few quick follow-up questions, if I may. Yes. Is it about, is it about the skillet or no? Is the skillet season? <laughs> skillet. I assume the skillet is preseason at the very least. Will it be lowered from a helicopter? I hope it is. I hope the guy has it like the parachute guy has it strapped into him like he does with the game ball and then he just pulls out the skillet. That would be an idea. These are all ideas you can feel free to use out there at Louisa. I mean, ideally it would be granny herself parachuting in with the <laughs> Who skillet. Is granny? That's a good question. These are the questions we need to answer here on the scrimmage play podcast. <laughs> yeah, we got to get, we got to get this figured out. A new tradition has been forged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. You like that? I did. I didn't. But <laughs> yeah, that, that, this is probably a pretty good place to end it this week. Uh, that's going to wrap up another edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast. Join us again next week. We will recap the battle for Granny's old skillet and take and the rest of week seven of the high school football season here in Central Virginia. And we will look ahead to another big week next Friday night. Obviously, the, the Things will really take shape after these games we just talked about in the Jefferson District standings. We'll have a little bit clearer of a picture, and we'll see where things stand, kind of assess the damage after we get through this week and see where things are headed as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. For Bart Isley, I am Damon Dillman. want to thank you for joining us as you have every week, and we'll talk to you next week.